Welcome to Simplify Your Retirement with Certified Financial Planner Stephen Strickland from Wise Wealth LLC. In this podcast, we help individuals and couples plan for a peaceful and enjoyable retirement. Join us on this journey where we explore the importance of simplifying the retirement planning process as Stephen, with his years of experience and expertise in retirement income planning, along with guest experts, will help you achieve first wisdom, then wealth. And don't forget to check out the Simplify Your Retirement online course and other great resources at SimplifyYourRetirement.com. Now, on to the show. Hello and welcome to Simplify Your Retirement with Stephen Strickland from WiseWealth. Today I'm excited because we're starting a three-part series that we spoke about on the last podcast. Stephen kind of introduced this, this idea that we're going to be covering over the next three podcasts, and that is the bucket approach and how they do this at WiseWealth. Good morning, Stephen. How are you? I'm doing great, Eric. I'm really excited about talking about the three buckets. I've been looking forward to this for a long time. Yeah, and I, I know that a lot of people out there listening have probably heard about the bucket approach. There's there's mm-hmm. books on it. There's a lot of people have been speaking mm-hmm. about it, but I love your approach to it. I love the way you describe it and the way that you have kind of educated me on it just in our in our off times, mm-hmm. off air. Um, so I'm excited yeah. to have the audience be a part of that. Where do we start with the th- three-part series? Well, I appreciate you mentioning that. You know, with the, the name of the podcast is called the Simplify Your Retirement Podcast. Mm-hmm. And uh, we use the three-bucket approach because it is very simple. And one thing I want our listeners to to know and to realize is that just because something is simple does not mean that it's easy. Uh, there are still some parts in there that could get, you know, complicated. But the plan itself, the three-bucket approach itself is very simple and once you have these three buckets, it really lays the foundation for almost everything else you're going to do when it comes to investing. And so um, I'm excited just to introduce to everybody today the, the wise wealth you know, three-bucket approach or the simplify mm-hmm. retirement three-bucket approach. And it really is a, a way to prepare for retirement income planning. That's what this is. We look at it. We call it a retirement portfolio. And a retirement portfolio should be made up of three distinct buckets. So I'm going to introduce all three today. And then we're going to go into detail just on one of them, the first one, and then we'll cover each one of these buckets uh, in its own separate show. Originally, I was going to try to do this, like you mentioned, in uh, two shows, but I think it's going to be best for the audience for me to break this down and talk about each bucket in its own separate show. And so today we'll introduce all three buckets, but then talk about the first one in, in more detail. All right. And I know on the last podcast, you spoke about it, uh, about five principles and you mentioned the bucket approach and you even mentioned uh, what each bucket is, which is liquid income and growth. So you want to give us an overview of how they work together or are we just going to dive right into liquid? Uh, Let's go over all of them first. All right. So we've got, uh, as you just mentioned, we've got the three buckets, the liquid bucket, the income bucket and the growth bucket. And really what we want to do is every client, every investor really needs to look at all of their assets. So whatever money they have in the bank, if they have an investment accounts, any statements that they have that has a monetary value associated with it, just add up all your money. And then what we want to do is take the total value of a client's assets and then divide it between these three buckets. Hmm. And we're going to talk about how to divide it between these three buckets. But the way to look at this ultimately is as a funnel. And you want to go through each one of these buckets and make your decisions on how much money should go into each one of these buckets, one bucket at a time. 
So it's not like you lay these three buckets out here and throw, I'm going to put some money in this one, throw some money in that one, and throw some more into that one and just, you know, hope it all works. That's not the point. The point mm -hmm. is you start with the liquid bucket. And so you take all of your money. Uh, you know, if we were looking at a funnel from, you know, top to bottom, it would, it would have all your assets on the top. Then we'd have the liquid bucket underneath. That would be the income bucket underneath. That would be the growth bucket. Okay. And so we start with the liquid bucket and we determine how much of your assets should go into the liquid bucket. Once we know that number, whatever's left over, we determine how much should go into the income bucket. Whatever is left over after we fill up the income bucket goes into the growth bucket and that's where it stays. And then from the growth bucket, you could take it and pull it back up and fill more into the liquid bucket as you need it, fill more into the income bucket as you need it. Uh, but it just goes in that order. It's not like you just throw it all into these three and that's what diversification is. No, you go one at a time. And that's why I want to take each one of these buckets one at a time so you really know what should go in each of the buckets. And we start with the liquid bucket. Yeah, I, I think that's interesting because I think there's a misconception out there when people kind of hear this system that, well, mm -hmm. everything should go in the growth bucket because I want to grow my money. Right. But that's right. just, that's not how this works. And, and it makes so yeah. much sense when you dive into it. So I'm, I'm excited to get started. Right. Yeah, thank you very much. I appreciate that. And, and it is very important. So we, it doesn't really matter too. I, I want to throw this out here too. All, all of us are saving for retirement. You know, I know that's broad saving, but for the most part, that's why people save and invest. Yeah, we're saving maybe for our kids' college. We may be investing for, you know, to buy a car one of these days. But for the most part, the majority of American savings is to get to a place where one of these days we can retire. We don't have to do the nine to five. We don't have to do 40 hours a week. Our, our investment assets are actually producing the income that we need instead of the manual work. And so it, it really doesn't matter what age somebody is. We're still always going to have three buckets. It just might mean that if you're younger, if you're in your thirties or forties, we don't need to put any money into the income bucket. You might always have money in the liquid bucket in the growth bucket and none in the income. But once you get to within about 10 years of retirement, that's where we're going to introduce this principle of protect the income, grow the rest, figure out mm -hmm. how much income you need. So that's where, until you get within 10 years, we're not even not going to even have anything in the income bucket. We don't need to set aside any assets to produce an income stream until you're about 10 years or less out. Got it. Okay. So even if someone is, you know, in their thirties or forties, we might say, okay, everybody though needs money in the liquid bucket, which I'm going to get to in just a minute. Everybody needs money in the growth bucket. And then when, when you're within 10 years, now you need money in all three. So, mm -hmm. Let's talk about what the liquid bucket is. The liquid bucket is there um, in, in the whole idea of the liquid bucket. And I call them rules. There's rules for each one of the buckets that help us determine how much should actually go in here. And so if you go back to what uh, we started this show by talking about is that you know, you're going to fill up these buckets one at a time. So you have to be careful to not put too much in the liquid bucket, because if you put too much in there, you're not going to have enough to fill up the other two because mm -hmm. you have to go in this order and you have to make your decisions in this order. And it's very important that you make your decisions in this, in this order and you make the decision on how much money should go in each one of these buckets on its own. In other words, irregardless of what you're going to do with your income bucket or growth bucket, you look at the liquid bucket first by itself and you determine how much money should go in there based on these rules. Mm -hmm. Okay. 
And the rules for the liquid bucket are, number one, what, how much money should go in the liquid bucket? It goes by this. Firstly, your emergency fund. Oh, yeah. So that that money goes into this first bucket. The money that you need in, basically in cash to cover you if there was an emergency. Now, while people are working and uh, you know uh, they have a job, the general financial rule or financial principle is three to six months of living expenses. Mm-hmm. And that makes sense. So if I'm talking to someone who's younger, you know, three, you take your monthly expenses, not your income, but your actual household expenses. You multiply that number by three or by six, and that's a great that's a great rule of thumb. I think when you're younger and you're working, you've got kids, you should always have a minimum of three to six months of living expenses in the liquid bucket, which really is the bank. Yeah. And the reason and the reason that rule is there is because if someone were to lose their job, someone's income were to go away, you'd have three months or six months to continue to pay all your bills, live like you always have while you're looking for another job. That's the reason the rule is always three to six months. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I want to, I got to speak to this. This is, yes. uh, this is something that I've experienced just recently, not a job mm-hmm. loss, but you'll, you'll understand in a moment. But on the last podcast, you talked about five principles of financial planning. And the last mm-hmm. one you covered was financial peace comes from having a plan. Mm-hmm. And yep. that emergency fund as part of our plan, that's something my wife and I've never done before. Um, we've, mm-hmm. we've done that over the last couple of years now. And it was just something that we're like, you know what, we really need to do this instead of relying on an emergency credit card, for instance, which we had right. before. And yep. Stephen, uh, in the last month, mm. I had to put $3,700 into our mm-hmm. car, into the family car. It, right. It was just, it was one thing after another and people would yep. say, well, we'll just get a different car. <laughs> no, <laughs> right. this is a good car, but we had some, yep. we had some expenses come up. I, I've never yep. been so excited to spend $3,700 only because right. I, I wasn't excited about spending it, but we had it in cash. We had yes. it to where we could just, I don't have a debt looming yep. over my head with that now. We're, that's right. where kind of where we always had been before in mm-hmm. our lives. But this is yep. done. The car was already paid off, but now all the repairs yep. are paid off. I don't have twenty two percent interest hanging over my head on a credit That's card right. that I had to charge things to. So that was yep. you talk about peace. Yeah. Yes. I was smiling, you know, knowing that it was all taken <laughs> care of and it wasn't gonna hang yep. over my head for the next five years. Yep. I love that, Eric. You know, because most Americans when they have a you know a car crisis, they also have a financial crisis. Yes. And so, or the water heater breaks down. We, we don't have just a problem with the water heater at the house. We also have now a financial problem because we didn't have the money to pay for it. And now, now we have to borrow it and pay mm-hmm. it back with interest. So I appreciate you bringing that up. And, 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 I'm, and I'm really glad that you tied it to one of the principles we talked about last time. And that is financial peace comes from having a plan. And, and that's exactly what this is for. Knowing that at all points in times, we have a certain amount of cash to cover these sorts of unknowns. Uh, there, there's just a great deal of peace knowing that it's there, it's available. Mm-hmm. And I also just say to anybody that has an emergency fund, if you have an emergency and you pay for that uh, emergency with the cash, now, you know, next month, your next priority needs to be to get that emergency fund back to where it was. That's right. So you should always, you know, the next month, always live your whole life, if at all possible, having a fully funded emergency fund. And I said it like that because I want to make sure I make this very clear. We always tell our clients, you want to fully fund your emergency fund, but you don't want to overfund it. Mm-hmm. 
Okay, so make sure you know what that number is, but don't put too much in there because we're talking about the liquid bucket and the liquid bucket normally is using bank products and bank products are great if you want to protect your money, which is what we have to do with your emergency fund. Your emergency fund should not be invested uh, in something that can go up and down in value because you can't have it be worth less than what it was, what you need in there uh, at the time that you need it. So normally we're talking about emergency fund. We're talking about in a, a bank product, uh, something that will keep your money liquid, keep it safe. It's not going to grow that much, uh, but it's just there in case of an emergency, which is total peace of mind. So therefore you want to fully fund the emergency fund, but just don't overfund it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, and by overfunding it, then you're losing money that you could put into these other buckets. You're losing yeah. money that you could have to produce an income stream or you're losing money that could grow. So it's very important to come up with that number. Just don't put too much in there, but don't put too less in there. When someone gets to retirement, okay, this is what is different. You know, so most people get to retirement. And again, it's one of these things that, uh, it's, it's a paradigm shift. Something has to change in our mind. We live our whole life with this concept of, I, I have to have an emergency fund for three to six months expenses. But if you think about it, when you get to retirement age, you're no longer working. Do you really need three to six months of living expenses in the bank when almost all of your income at this point should be guaranteed? Mm. Okay. Okay. So in other words, it doesn't mean that it's a bad thing to do, but the whole point of the three to six months expenses is to cover you. And as if you lost your job yeah. or you didn't have income for that time to find it. So when you get to retirement, it doesn't necessarily have to be this, you know, general rule of thumb, three to six months expenses. Now, all of a sudden it becomes something more subjective. And so I normally just talk to my clients and I'll just say, you know, is there an amount that you just feel comfortable that you just feel like you always need to have liquid available, no matter what, in case there's an emergency, if the water heater breaks, the car breaks down, like you mentioned, what is that amount of money? And there's real, really no hard and fast rule other than it's a subjective, uh, based on the, you know, the people we're dealing with their peace of mind, knowing that X amount is in the bank, just know that whatever is in the bank in your liquid bucket is not in the income bucket, not in the growth bucket. Mm -hmm. So again, you want to fully fund it, not overfund it, but does that, does that make sense? It's a different number when you retire than it is before you retire. Oh yeah, absolutely. And, and I think that that's a great point. I never even thought about that because mm -hmm. I just thought the emergency fund is the emergency fund, but that makes <laughs> perfect sense because yep. you should have less need for that. Mm -hmm. And, and like you said, a, yep. a furnace or water heater or something like that, you may have a few thousand dollars in repairs, but it's not yep. going to be six months worth of an income exactly. you know, stream. So yeah, right. no, that's great. That's right. So that's the first one. How much money should I put into the liquid bucket? First, first number you want to put in there is enough to satisfy your emergency fund. Okay. The second thing you want to look through is, do I have any known or planned purchases or expenses in the next three to five years? So I'm going to say that again, because all mm -hmm. those words yeah. are important. Any known or planned purchases or expenses in the next three to five years. So for example, if I were to say that to someone who is getting ready to retire or just retired, I might say to them, do you have any known or planned? So in other words, uh, yes, they, they might say something like, we're going to, we're going to buy a car. I'm going to replace my wife's car. It's going to cost us $25,000. Or, you know, we'd like to help our grandchild, you know, finish college and it's going to cost $40,000, whatever that number is. 
that is a known expense. What about that boat? Or a pl- what about the boat Ex- we talked yeah, about on the last going back podcast? To the, yeah, that's right. <laughs> you're you're, you're, you're going to do everything you can to ha- tell me to tell you yes about this boat. I'm not <laughs> going to do it. No, I, come on, Steve. You, <laughs> I have to be able to share this recording with my wife so she knows yeah, that's, that's right. that, that Stephen I, says I need a boat. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> okay, maybe that's not going to happen. I can't okay. get yeah, that's right. So, but in other words, if someone if that was the plan, hey, I'm going to buy a boat in 3 years, then I would say, okay, that number needs to go mm-hmm. into the liquid mm-hmm. bucket. So, ultimately, if you think about it, the liquid bucket just means the bucket of money that there is there is no market risk. Mm. We can use, you know, money market accounts, you can use CDs, you can use checking accounts, savings accounts, you could use very, very low risk conservative funds. The whole idea is that the money that's in the it, the liquid bucket is not really going to grow. If you wanted to grow it, it'd be in the growth bucket. Mm-hmm. This is just to make sure that it's there because the ultimate goal of a financial plan or retirement income plan is peace of mind. What I want for all of my clients to know is that the emergency fund, regardless of what happens in the stock market, that my money for my emergencies is safe and secure. And anything that I had planned to do or anything that I was, uh, that I knew I was going to purchase in the next three to five years is literally sitting in the bank or sitting in something that has no market risk or very, very low market risk. You talk about peace of mind. So then therefore we don't have to worry about the ups and downs on, on a daily basis in the stock market. We don't have to worry about elections affecting the stock market. We don't mm-hmm. have to worry about current events. All of these things that you know, normally you relate to stock market volatility should it will impact your growth bucket, but it should never impact the liquid bucket. Okay, Stephen. So I have a question for you. I, I know that you meet with your clients regularly, right? Um, yes. Whether that's an annual review or quarterly, depending on what their their plan is and you know, what their complexity is. But you're talking about three to five years out, known purchases within mm-hmm. the next three to five years. How difficult or easy is it to address something if you find out? So in other words, let's say that yeah. I'm my daughter is talking about getting married now, and that wasn't something that I had thought about in the next three to five years. But now mm-hmm. I want to help her with her wedding. How mm-hmm. easy is it to have that you know call with you and say, hey, look, we're, we don't know exactly yep. what it's going to be, be, but we, we know that, you know, yep. a wedding is going to happen and we'd like to be able to help out. We want to, you know, be able to gift them $20,000, $25,000 or whatever for that wedding Absolutely. or want to pay for it. Yep. How, how do we do that in a situation like this if we, if it just kind of comes up? Yep. That's a great question. And so that's exactly when we would want to hear from our clients. So if, for example, we were constantly reminding our clients of what we call the five-year rule. If you need the money within five years, we need to know because then we're going to put it into the liquid bucket. If it's five years or longer or unknown, we're going to leave it in the growth bucket. So uh, this would be an example where, you know, we would encourage our clients to let us know as soon as possible. So therefore, Mm -hmm. let's say that you were my client and and you asked me that question. I would say, okay, how, how much money do you think you're going to spend for this wedding? Let's come up with that amount of money. And then we're just going to change the way that portion of your investment is invested. We're going to change that portion so that you know, your daughter knows that no matter what happens, mm-hmm. you're going to have this money to prepare for a wedding. That's what we're talking about. And so really the liquid bucket is not about the rate of return. We're not looking for the best rate of return. We're looking for what's going to keep this money safe so that I can make sure that the known or planned purchase or expense happens. 
Okay, so you would want to take that money and set it aside into a into the liquid bucket, which again, the liquid bucket doesn't necessarily mean a particular place. It just means how the money is going to be invested. It's going to be invested in something that is liquid and it's going to be invested in something that is safe. Got it. Those okay. are the true criteria. So you, someone might have a, you know, a, you know, a, an individual brokerage account or a joint brokerage account or trust brokerage account out there and they might say I need, you know, in the next three to five years, I think I'm going to spend $30,000 on whatever. We might say, we don't have to take the money out of that account and move it somewhere else. We could just carve out that portion and say, okay, this portion of your investments now is liquid and it's safe. Mm. Okay. That's the point. And it's about peace of mind. I would also say, you know, every once in a while, you, we have clients that might get scared of the market. They have a lot of money in the growth bucket and they might say, uh, should we become more defensive or should we do something different now that there's an election? And, and really the question I always have is, do you have a known or a planned purchase or expense in the next three to five years? That really should determine how the money should be invested, not current events, not if it's an election year, not all these other things, because the growth bucket will do what it's supposed to do over a five-year period of times or longer, unless... Uh, I'm less, I'm, I'm not sure that it's going to work in five year period times or less. So therefore that's why we always want everyone to know if it's five years or less, if it's known or it's planned, then let's go ahead and get conservative with just that portion. Mm -hmm. I think the mistake people make a lot of times in retirement and all the time is they make their financial decisions or their investment decisions with all of their money. Mm. That does not make sense to me. So you, if you want to get conservative, if you're worried about the market, what are you worried about the market for? Is it because you're afraid it's not going to give you the income you need? Are you afraid because you think that you're not going to be able to do this thing that you wanted to do in the next three years? Or are you afraid because you actually don't think it's going to give you a positive return over the next five years? Most people are not worried about the last one. They're worried about the other two. Yeah. They're normally worried about the market because it has something to do with their income stream or they're worried about the market because they have a, a goal in mind, a purchase in mind that they're not going to be able to do. So we would just say to, to everybody, you don't move all of your money all the time. If you're worried about the market and it's because of one of these reasons, figure out what that reason is, figure, figure out what amount of money that's going to take and just carve that portion out and get conservative with just that. Got it. And that really is what the liquid bucket's about. So you go through and that's, and that's really it. And the main thing is it's liquid, it's available. You fully fund it. You don't overfund it. The goal is not to earn a rate of return. The goal is to keep your money safe. And so you take all of your assets that you have wherever it's at and you first fill the liquid bucket and in the liquid bucket, we want our clients to have two amounts of money in there. One amount is what they feel would cover them in the case of an emergency. What amount of money do they want to have there? The second amount is any known or planned purchases in the next three to five years. That's how much money someone should have in cash. So th this is always an interesting exercise too. Sometimes we meet people and they have a large majority of their money sitting in the banks or in, you know, in cash. And we know why people do that. And that's because they don't have a plan or mm. because they're just, you know, risk averse. They don't know what to do. If you'll do it like this, you can actually earn more money, figure out what you actually need in there, and then let the other ones move down the line. You figure yeah. out if you need the other assets for income or let the other money grow. So very, very important to look through this, you know, use the funnel, start with the liquid bucket.
Fantastic. And I know the next podcast you're going to be com- covering the income bucket, which is going to be obviously mm-hmm. everybody's interested in some income, <laughs> especially in retirement. Absolutely. So that, yeah. that'll be a good podcast. Looking forward to it. Also, I want to mention that you have an online learning course, correct? That's right. We ha- we launched a online course. It's called Simplify Your Retirement. It is. It's really all of this. It's actually over ten hours of video instruction. Mm-hmm. It's a full blown course. You get the copy of the Simplify Your Retirement ebook. Uh, there's a workbook that goes along with it. Ten hours of video. So if anybody wanted to get uh, in more detail and learn more about each of these, um, we have that on simplifyyourretirement.com simplifyyourretirement.com and there's an online course people can sign up and take. Perfect. All right, Stephen, thank you so much. It was a great podcast today. I appreciate it, Eric, very much. Look forward to covering the rest of these buckets very soon. Absolutely. Hey, before we do cover all those other buckets, if people have questions about like today's podcast, for instance, and Mm -hmm. kind of knowing what that emergency fund looks like in their stage of life, can they Mm -hmm. reach out and get a hold of you and, and talk to you about that? Absolutely. We encourage it. Anyone can get reach any of us, myself or my team at our website, which is wisewealth.com, www.wisewealth.com. There's a contact us section of the website. Uh, myself or my team would be glad to answer any questions about this. And also we can be reached by phone. Uh, it's area code 816-246-9473. It's, it's 816-246-WISE. Perfect. All right, Stephen, thank you so much for your time today again. All right, Eric. Great to be here. You bet. And the last thank you goes to you, the listening audience. Thanks for tuning in and listening to the Simplify Your Retirement podcast with Stephen Strickland. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when Stephen comes out with a new podcast and the next podcast is going to be great on the income bucket, it'll show up directly on your listening device. It also makes it much easier to share these podcasts with your friends and family. Again, thank you so much for listening today. For everyone at Wise Wealth, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day. And we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Simplify Your Retirement podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Wise Wealth LLC or Simplify Your Retirement. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of a financial advisor or other qualified financial professionals with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning.